Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. All of us here at Tetherball Academy Media today are in mourning over Toby Keith. I get the red solo cup for Toby here, the hard AF seltzer. And is there anything more patriotic uh, than having a guest on the show who's stormed the fucking Capitol? Let's go, baby. You insurrectionist piece of shit. <laughs> before, we we get, before we get to this son of a bitch, yeah. um, Bob sent me an anecdote about Toby Keith that I want to read right now. You ready? Please do. It's not favorable. Take for your Mr. time. Keith. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. Why? 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 Why are you going to besmirch his name today? We're just going to read it. As a matter of fact, Bob, why don't you read it? Oh, no. No. Because it said this liberal bullshit, it sounds better coming out of his fucking theater kid mouth. Okay. You know? All right. <laughs> Probably Bob's accurate. getting over uh, <laughs> some form of disease, though. But uh, give it your best, Bob. It's called okay. liberalism. <laughs> uh, this is from, I, I don't remember when this is from, but it was at the height of Keith's uh, situation, like fame or whatever. TK, yeah. Yeah. Uh, standing behind the Beacon Theater in New York, leaning against a crumbling brick wall in the dark, I could barely see Chris Christofferson standing to my left. Willie Nelson was in the shadows to my right. Ray Charles was standing beside Willie, idly shifting his weight back and forth. A bit further along the wall were Elvis Costello, Wyclef Jean, Nora Jones, Shelby Lynn, Paul Simon, and their respective managers, friends, and family. Some fucking names, dude. Yeah. Everybody was nervous and tight. We were there for Willie Nelson's 70th birthday party uh, concert in 2003. Up from the basement came one of country music's brightest stars who shall remain nameless. This is about Toby Keith, though. Uh, at the time, the star had a monster radio hit about bombing America's enemies back into the Stone Age. Yeah. Happy birthday, the star said to Willie, breezing by us as he passed Christofferson in one long, confident stride. Out of the corner of his mouth came, none of that lefty shit out there tonight, Chris. <laughs> Round of applause, Delka. What the fuck is wrong with well, you? Well, that's not the punchline, bud. It should be. It's about to get worse. Is it really? Yeah. Damn about, it, man. It's about to get real bad for you and Toby. Why? Well, Why the, me and Toby? We'll see. Just fucking finish reading the Why? goddamn me thing. Me and TK were doing this today? Well, you're the one that chose to saddle up with this dude. Mm-hmm. I, That's all I'm saying. I should have been a cowboy. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking right. saddle up with You him. think he's ever been a cowboy in his goddamn yes, life? Yes, dude. No, yes. he's not. I've partied with Toby Keith, okay? <laughs> I've partied with Toby Keith. It, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't fun because it was a down night, but uh, he's the... He's the dude. Go ahead. Um, Keep going. Yeah, go ahead. What the fuck did you just say to me? Chris growled, stepping forward. Oh, no, groaned Willie under his breath. Don't get Chris all riled up. You heard me, the star said, walking away in the darkness. Don't turn your back to me, boy, Christofferson shouted, not giving a shit that basically the entire music industry seemed to be uh, flanking him. The star turned around. I don't want any problems, Chris. I just want you to tone it down. You ever worn your country's uniform? Chris asked rhetorically. What? The star said. Don't what me, boy. You heard the question. You just don't like the answer. He paused long enough to get a full chest of air. I asked, have you ever served your country? The answer is no, you have not. Have you ever killed another man? Huh? You ever taken another man's life, then cashed the check your country gave you for doing it? No, you have not. So shut the fuck up. I could feel his body pulsing with anger next to me. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Whatever the young star muttered. Ray Charles stood motionless. Willie Nelson looked at me and shrugged mischievously like a kid in the back of the classroom. Christofferson took a deep inhale and leaned against the wall, still vibrating with adrenaline. He looked over at Willie as if to say, don't say a word. Then his eyes found me. 
You know what Waylon Jennings said about guys like him? He whispered. I shook my head. They're doing to country music what pantyhose did to finger fucking. <laughs> so just let's get into the street cred here. Hang on. Right. I, look, first of all, love the story and respect it. Yeah. Second of all, Chris Christopherson in my book of legends is still higher than Toby Keith. So I'm not mad at this. Okay. Story. Toby Keith is not even in the fucking book. Sure. Isn't. He's not even allowed to check the book out from the library. You understand? Cause he's got past due notices going on. Uh, so Christopherson's dad was a major general in the air force. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christopherson himself was a captain in the army and also a ranger. No shit. Yeah, so just in case you were wondering if there was some kind of situation going on here, there wasn't. No. He was right. And Toby Keith is a war profiteer, basically. Instead of doing it from Cal- uh, Halliburton and KBR, he just did it from the fucking record studio. Okay, so here's where I'm going to go with this, all right? Toby Keith had asthma, couldn't <laughs> serve his country, all right? Tried to valiantly, didn't pass the exam, and they said, Toby, you're, t- you're sucking in too much air. We think we'd be bad out there. And, and they said, Toby... Is there anything else you can do for the and the country? And he goes, Yeah, I could I could, I could sing about it. Yeah, I could fucking yeah. sing about it. And they were like, That yeah. will be better than serving your country. Please do that instead. Toby gratefully did that. Well, it, it definitely was but better. Christopherson is up there. For it me. definitely was better that he sang instead of fought because he's a bitch, right? Not sure. No, he is not you sure. You know who else had asthma? Is Danny Mayer. So a lot of people know him as Donnie O'Malley. And his dad, was a, his, okay. his dad was a Navy doctor yep. and d- had all his records. And Donnie broke into his dad's office and destroyed all the records and then became an infantry officer in the Marine Corps. Yep, he sure did. So um, you either suck dick or you don't. Mm-hmm. And Toby Keith sucked dick. Guys, there's one more issue that Toby had, okay? And he was flat-footed. So we know <laughs> you can't have asthma and be flat-footed and serve your country. He proudly. also got his feels hurt real easy, I'm told. Uh, he, that, that is, uh, that is correct, by the way. So I only have one Toby Keith story. It's not that great because it was a Tuesday night and nothing was going on. Uh, but not, not the friendliest of, uh, of dudes, uh, great catalog though. And, uh, and let's face it, nine 11 top three, obviously the buildings are one, you know, uh, RIP to everybody there. George Bush throwing out the first pitch. Well, technically and then Toby Keith at three for the song, dude, they're 11. Right. Because it's two of them. Sure, there's two of them, right. But I combine them for that because sure, they both yeah. fell together, and that's where we landed with that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but I, nobody's ever said that Chris Christopherson wasn't a fucking badass. He's up here to me. I don't think I mo- didn't know he was. Uh, I don't think most people know that he was a ranger, that he was an army captain. No idea. Right? I don't no think idea, actually. Uh-uh. So. Uh, but Christopherson's always carried himself like that. So th- that story makes me amped. Uh, whereas. I don't know that Toby keeps genuinely gotten in a, in a fight or whatever. Maybe up in heaven he is because he's dead now. But uh, either way, he was a patriot. His music did a lot for this country. And we've got, uh, we've got a patriot on the show who, who broke into the Capitol building on January well, 6th. Well, that might not be exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm re- <clears throat> so here's the thing. I read this in Texas Monthly Jeez. Um, about you. And uh, I don't know if you've read this article. I'll read the headline for you here. Um, it says he stormed the Capitol and hid from the law at Hill Country Resorts. Now he has his day in court, the trial of Luke Coffey. That's you. That's right. And uh, I did once like this liberal rag called Texas Monthly more for their leisure and art pieces. But that was uh, that's the second article that they've 
put out, uh, you know, that is complete full of shit lies. And uh, I mean, I can break them apart hiding from the law. Um, yeah, so let's start, let's start there. Where yeah. what resort are they accusing you of being at? We live in the hill country it's, here. It's so in where Comfort, it? Texas, Ribbon Rock Ranch. It's okay. called, and I was renting a cabin there. Um, Log cabin. It was a very humble abode, let's just say that, in uh, Comfort. And I was going down there to stay with my buddy at his ranch, and his dad died on the way down. And this was after in the car. In no, no, he, oh. di- he died. Uh, he died on the ranch or whatever, you know, and I was, they have a big family ranch and I was going to stay at one of their cabins there. And I was like, man, I'll just, I'll just rent a cabin. And I wanted to get away. Cause this was after all, everything had gone down and I needed to get out of Dallas where, where I'm from originally. Sure. Uh, so here's the next part of this mm-hmm. is, uh, now there's, they're saying according to uh, Texas monthly here, yeah. which everybody reads in the studio, we're all uh, subscribed to it and all that other stuff. Uh, it says here that you were once somewhat contrite, but now you're trying to frame yourself as a victim of excessive force. That's yeah. That's uh, again the the story behind Texas Monthly piece was uh, a family friend, Peter Hawley, who uh, is you know has was a friend of my cousin's, who basically after this all went down, and I'm I was on the on. Uh, the FBI's most wanted list. And we'll get into my story and how I ended sure. up there. But he basically, I had a cousin reach out and said, Luke, he just wants to tell your story. And he came out to this resort, which he cr- claims that I was hiding out at, um, which I told him the address and he showed up and he, he uh, had several drinks and wanted to come back the following day. I think it makes claims that I was rambling on. He, the guy wanted to hang out with me for two days and acted like he was, a friend and going to tell him, you know, the true story. And then he just totally sp- spin it. So I don't know if this little rag has a vendetta against me and they'll probably come after me again, but uh, bring it on because it's complete lies. You know what you should say to him? How do you like me now? How do you like me now? <laughs> how do you like me now? Just only give Toby Keith quotes yeah. forever. I think that would be great yeah. after this, but think about it. I need to think about that. Yeah. Think about it. By uh, the way, happy birthday, brother. Thank you. Yes. Happy birthday. It's Anthony, Anthony Holloway. Uh, how old are you today? Uh, 43. 43 years yeah. old. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Great. You made it, dude. You made it another fucking day. Uh, that's crazy, man. Look at you. <laughs> You're all fucking big inside. Let's start with why you went there in the first place. Okay, so I'm a filmmaker. Um, I've had a commercial production company in Dallas for, or I've had it for 14 years, um, 15 years, but it's kind of been gutted, as you can imagine, from the press. But I went out there with a buddy who is... I am a conservative. I'm, you know, I consider myself a patriot, but I guess during COVID is where I got more. Um, well, you talked about Carter in the original hour. My, so I've got my grandfather was, uh, step grandfather was chairman of the DNC under Carter. Jimmy Carter? Yes. Still alive, by the way. No, Still alive. no, not Still Jimmy. Alive. The other one. The other one. Which one? No, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. Man. And he was agriculture commissioner of Texas. By the way, Chris Christopherson's still alive. You know who's not? Toby Keith. Toby Keith. Yeah, How do you like me now? I know. How do you like me now? <laughs> me and Bobby McGee, one of my favorite songs, by the way, written by Chris Christopherson. Mm. He's, yeah. he's a, if you look uh, uh, on his, not, not the songs he performed, but his catalog of writing credits, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking impressive. And we'll get to it when he fucking dies. Dude. He's never going to die. He's 87. Christ, guys. Dude. Today's Toby's day. It's TK's day. No. 
uh, in my yeah. world. Willie's still alive. Willie is All still those alive. guys from that story except for Ray I Charles know. are still alive. I know. Ray. Ray? I mean, look, Ray you can't fucking, best. like, he had cancer at He sad. made it to, like, 90 yeah. or whatever. But, uh, yeah. okay, so with you, you were a filmmaker. Was your intent to go to the Capitol to film what was going on there and be a part of it? Yeah, it was really as a, well, I was, it was twofold. I was on, uh, I was going as, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you all know of Alex Stein. Do you know of oh, yeah. Primetime? Prime He's been on the show. Okay, yeah. Primetime Prime 99. Time. I'm yeah. doing a thing with him in April, actually. Yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans of this. This is what makes my case, like, in trial, <laughs> made it very bizarre. Uh, my trial was two weeks ago, uh, or a week ago, uh, that I just Because you showed up in character, too, Because right? I was driving out there. So I would call <laughs> in. He had a show before he was on The Blades called Conspiracy Castle. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, very lo- low uh, viewership, you know, but uh, during COVID... I would call in as different characters because I didn't want to be, you know, I work in a very liberal industry, which I know you've worked in the film industry. It's a very liberal-minded industry. You can't say shit. (laughs) Right. So you'll be canceled. So it was, you know, I would call in because I agreed with a lot of the stuff he was talking about, a lot of conspiratorial stuff and and a lot of, you know, conservative, alt-right stuff, I I would say. So I'd call in as different characters. So I went out there. Literally, my buddy Brady wanted to go out there, and when he showed up at my place in Dallas, I had a a, a whole bag full of like costumes that I was like ch- changing out of playing different. I mean, this is I'm a bizarre guy. I'm an actor too. So, sure, uh, you probably had Colonel Sanders. I was uh, Coffee Man, Jim the, Jones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I was. I have a John Benet c- Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> A couple sure. days, yeah. Just a mix Forrest Whitaker is probably Forrest in there too. Whitaker. Yes, yes. The, 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 the hard part about that Without costume is the eye. No, yeah. I, we do blackface. We oh, okay. Well, yeah, we don't. We don't care. We, oh, you don't care. Okay. Who's gonna we don't cancel me? I I, I, we own everything. Yeah. Who's I gonna fucking it. cancel us? Can't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was. You know. So basically, I was calling in. But, you know. I. But it was this time on, on camera playing these different characters that I had called in before, just on the on the telephone. But I was gonna be. For as, example, what were the name of these characters? Like Jimmy the Clan member. No, it was. Well, we did have a. You know, we were gonna have a, a militia. That's ironically. And I was playing all the different characters, one of which was Coffee Man, the Reverend White Rapper. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I had a, I was wearing a big fan of that, a, uh, an Afro wig, oh, mm. you know, a, an Anglo Afro wig. It was, brown. it was a white wig or a brown wig? It was brown. It was okay. brown. Yeah, but his hair is brown. I mean, the fucking okay. Bee Gees all had afros. They dude. sure did. I don't want to yeah. hear it. I don't either. But did you go any makeup white people on? Invented did you go that. any blackface? No, it was more of like a 70s outfit, but I was also in a Texas militia. So, you know, I was on the way driving down there. Uh, that was one of the militia members. And so I was calling in, but I'd always called in and people thought I was a black man until I revealed I was a white man, you know, that talked like, maybe like a reverend. Yeah. You know? So anyway, second mistake you've made in your life. Well, and and uh, <laughs> then I was uh, my my big character that this is what I was literally dressed as and cast as a domestic terrorist as uh, this over the top Texas character. We, we had a pilot called uh, Cubicle Cowboy. It's like uh, it's what there's a lot of them in Dallas. They're mm-hmm. the the weekend cowboys. They have the South Texas ranch and they go you know deep sea fishing in the in the Gulf and sure. but they're in real estate or oil and gas. You know they they live in Hollow Park or Westlake. You know there's these one of these guys. So it's this over the top. He's you know not PC. So I was literally dressed that day um, as this over the top Texas character had like tall top snake boots on and uh, camo jacket and I found in my camo jacket camo paint which I painted up. Again, as a joke, but not knowing 
what was going to happen just, you know, a few hours later, you know. Okay, so you showed up. You got camo paint on your face. Yes. You're in character as a militia member heading to the J6 rally. Yes, in character, um, in a comedic with, character. With Alex Jones, Primetime Stein, all those guys. Stein was not there, but I was calling in to his his show. I was his satellite kind of reporter. Oh, got it, got okay. it, got it. So I was uh, – and he actually gave me harsh warning, just be careful, you know, as another – as as uh, also a – a buddy that's a former naval intelligence guy that could warn there could be some some uh, shenanigans going on that day. So I had two warnings from people I I knew very well that just said be careful. So and, anyway, and I, you wait, but do you decided okay, uh, I trust these guys, um, but I'm going to go and check this out for myself and see what well, happens. Well, it was going to be you know what we heard is one of the biggest rallies that has America's ever had. I mean, and I I would contest that there were at least a million people, a million and a half at the ellipse. I was so that's where the initial we got to the ellipse and it was what I've said. You never see the ellipse. What happened that day? I was I was at the ellipse for four to five hours. Obviously, Trump gave his speech and it was like a patriotic. I mean, it was a very it was like a music festival meets like a Fourth of July kind of celebration. And he did say during that speech, which they refused to air this part, but it has aired in court so far. Is uh, I want you to. Go down to the Capitol, uh, protest peacefully, and be out there peacefully and everything else. Down to the and you heard all that. Yes. Um, but I was going around interviewing people. I mean, I'm a documentarian. I've done a couple of docu- documentaries on top of these commercials and stuff like that. But I love, like, interviewing just different characters. So I was walking around just interviewing, you know, Cubans that escaped Castro, former CCP members. I was just going around and just people in funny, weird costumes. Yep. I mean, uh, so that's what I spent most of my time going. So it was like... All in, like, the whole, you know, it was a road trip with one of my buddies, and on top of just doing, like, I wanted, you know, I film stuff anywhere I go and document it, just being the artist, or and, and on top of that, I'm playing these characters for Stein, and... For sure. You know, so, so so Trump gives his speech, yeah. you guys go down to the Capitol, and you start headed down there. Uh, at what point did you decide to enter and, and things were starting to get out of control? Okay, so I, I was last to leave the ellipse. It had cleared out at probably like 2.30, and I was interviewing. Um, there's, I was interviewing people. I actually interviewed, um, I'm blanking out on his name, which I should know. Tom Cruise? Jesus. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Jesus. Yeah, no, it was uh, the Army. Sam Rockwell. He, he was the Army Ranger or whatever the guy was. Paulie Shore. No, in Florida that actually... You know, he showed he he recorded the FBI. Wilford Brimley, <laughs> Joe Biggs. He's not a ranger no, no, though. He no. was eighty second. Um, he was Green Beret, actually. Green Beret. Um, Green Beret. I should know his name. An anyway, Green Beret. Was I interviewed him, him, but he he basically put out this. You know, he put it out after January sixth, but he was recruited to be an asset at January sixth, and he said no, but he filmed the whole the FBI guys mm. coming, and he's been in prison ever since then. So he never say, even went in. But the when camp. you say recruited to be an asset by who? By the FBI. By the FBI. Yes. Uh, so in your estimation, yes. how many people were recruited uh, as Wait, assets or FBI members? you said this video of this? Yeah, he filmed the video. Where is it? it is it on the yeah. internet? You can find it on what, the internet. What's it? What, um, what, what CD search for? I want to see this. I don't think say, I've seen this. Uh, former, you know, former Green Beret, uh, Florida, exposes FBI January 6th. I should know. But I actually interviewed him that, that day. Hmm. And he was he's a... Three percenter, or you know, there's there's the Proud Boys. There's three percenter. He was he was dressed. What's in, the guy's name? Do you remember? I'm, uh, He's blanking on it. Uh, forgive me. I don't even know what a three percenter is. 
They're, uh, I drink you know, 2% it's, it, milk it's occasionally, but that's about 3% it. 3% is what, you know, fought in the Revolutionary War, uh, 3% of our country. So that's, like, it's another group. Oh, like, got, it, got Boys it, That's or, a fun name. I like that a lot better than the Proud Boys. I didn't, they didn't do a lot of Well, the Proud uh, Boys was a fucking joke. Yeah. Right, I mean. right. They didn't do a lot of think groups on that. Uh, is this the interview right here, Bob? Did you find it? No, but I found I found the name, I think. Uh, Jeremy Brown. Jeremy Brown, yes. There we go. And I'm sorry, Jeremy, for forgetting your name. But anyway, he's... He's a hero because he exposed being recruited as an asset on his, you know, on his porch cameras at his house in Florida. And he he basically three months after put it out and did all these interviews and then was quickly arrested and has been in prison, ran for congressman or or state rep from prison. And he's still, to my knowledge, still in prison. But I actually interviewed him, you know. That's it's actually outside of the Capitol? No, at the ellipse. Okay. And he said we're just here to peacefully make you know protect you know the speakers and make sure it was really there was rumors of blm and antifa causing mischief and like you know causing was any of that true because uh dan and i were actually live that day for roughly six and a half hours um and we watched it and uh one of the comments that dan and i made throughout uh that seemed to be a theme was uh, it seems like these are antifa or or some other form of group because the hats were brand new it looked like they had just been passed out. A lot of them were wearing masks, which, let's face it, uh, most most everybody on the right uh, won't wear a mask and things like that. So it seemed odd as we were watching it. Ross, yeah. So that's what I think I've been loud from the get-go. I went silent for a year, but like right after this all went down because of what I experienced that day, they didn't talk to any of us that were actually there. The you know the legacy media, which I've been part of. You know, working in media, I worked at Warner Brothers, NBC Universal in L.A. for many years, part of the corporate branded media. But um, they didn't interview any of the people that are actually there, you know, about what went down. It was all, it was already it was it was our elected officials. Mm-hmm. And the narrative was already by the time I got back to the hotel that night, worse than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and the Civil War. Yep. And what I experienced 90 percent of the day was completely the most peaceful and patriotic, you know, you know, God fearing great Americans. Um, and, and, uh, there were just pockets of violence that, you know, being a media guy, I saw that, you know, I saw high end little skeleton camera crews that were, you know, focusing on just the violence. And then when I got back to the hotel, that's what you saw. You didn't see the 60 to 70,000 people that I walked up through, walked up through on my way to the Capitol when I didn't get up there until about four o'clock. Okay. So going back, I left the ellipse, and I, my my I had a you know I had a, a pro camera you know in my backpack. I'm wearing a camo backpack, so it looks, you know, it just the whole I look like a militia perfect, member, a yeah. militia member, yeah. And uh, but it was a camera backpack. It was like my camera gear. My cameras both were dead, and so I was gonna literally go take a nap. And there was supposed to be some like dance party at 6 p.m. that I wanted to film. And go take take a nap at like three, and had no intention to go to the Capitol. There were supposed to be speakers. We heard you know that Alex Jones and Franklin Graham and some other speakers were going to be speaking there. And to me, it was like a progressive, like, you know, rally that people were going from the ellipse to the Capitol. And all of us has been, all of us J sixers have been charged with trespassing, mm-hmm. you know, but by, by the time I got there at three forty-five, four o'clock and there's video evidence that the prosecution used against me, there's 60,000, 70,000 people there. It's, it's like a stadium full of people. It's no, not the near uh, amount that were at the lips. But I was walking down Pennsylvania and was going back to my hotel, and three guys, like you said it, in brand-new Trump hats, mm-hmm. this was three blocks away, came running up to me 
And this is the line that I continuously heard that day was like, there's people dying inside the Capitol. We need patriots. And I, w- I, I was like, this is bullshit. I was like, why are they running away and trying to recruit people? You know, three blocks away. It didn't make sense. They, have new- they were young guys. And I, you know, I had studied the crowd pretty well from my four or five hours at the Ellipse. And these guys did not look like they were your typical Trump supporters. I mean, one, just the new hats. And I didn't see people wearing America, Make America Great hats really at all. Right. You know, until I got up to the Capitol. So this was a line, though, that it was like straight out of, you know, you know um, their script that they kept repeating. They're, they're patriots dying. We need, you know, there's people dying and we need patriots up here. I heard people that were specifically walking away. in the Capitol. There were people, yeah, dying okay. inside the Capitol. Okay. And then there's a woman that died. There's a woman, you know. And then, you well, know, that they, did happen. That did happen. Well, Ashley so, right, right. But but there, there's people. That's what I heard first. But it was like that was the line they got to repeat. And and it was like they're walking. I was like, why are you walking away? Why are you walking away doing this? Um, anyway, so I walked through the crowd, and it was literally when I got up there, it was I didn't see any violence until um, I you know, and it was set up. They had scaffolding towers in a stage set up, which. I just was there, you know, a week and a half ago or a week ago um, for my trial, and it was it was for the inauguration that was happening on the twentieth. I, you know, it was odd that they already had that set up, the scaffolding towers. It, I, I believe that was part of the rally, a continuation of uh, the ellipse. So as I walked up there, then I started, you know, people were literally singing, you know, Star Spangled Banner, Amazing Grace. The whole crowd was singing this. It was peaceful, and then as you got closer, you saw started seeing flashbangs where these lit up, you know, which I'd never seen before, thrown into peaceful people singing. Yeah, we've seen that video now. Not just flashbangs, but fucking you know uh, uh, stun grenades. Mm-hmm. And rubber bullets. Rubber. Uh, I can't remember what the, what the device is called, but it's basically a grenade that fires rubber pellets everywhere. Rubber pellets. Yeah. We and played that video a couple months ago. We played that video. Ago. We showed some of the victims from it. Uh, and now- th- at this time, people are still behind the barrier, just standing there. And there's cops standing in front of them. They're having conversations, and all of a sudden, these dicks up on the fucking scaffolding start launching. Some of them with a forty millimeter launcher, right? Yep. In like into the meat of the crowd, like behind the front row of protesters for some reason. Right? Yeah. And uh, Bob, I believe you've got the video now of uh, of your buddy here, Jeremy Brown. Okay. I think so. Yeah, okay, that's go him. Yeah. Play it. Okay. It's a fun intro. That's from Infowars. I like it. In December of 2020, federal agents Lindsay and Ura approached Mr. Jeremy Brown at his home and asked him if he would be a paid informant for the government. They asked him to infiltrate some groups they were looking at involving concerns they had about an event in January. Mr. Brown recorded this conversation, and instead of working for the government on January 6th, he went on as many media outlets that would have him starting in March of 2021, and played the recording. He named the agents and exposed what they wanted him to do. So, it's no big deal. We decided to come out. I've worked with JTTF before, so I'm familiar. So see, there you have it. Well, you might in the future. So we don't care which way you lean. We just want to make sure that you're not targeting anybody and nobody's going to get hurt over the outcome in January. We'd love to hear from you. And again, I'm not, I can't make any promises, but like you provide information and prevent something big, the government pays for that. Like, we think that we can help you, you can help us, and we can definitely on this side of things, less aggravation. You're one of 19 people that we're going to knock on the door and say they're not home or they are home. And we're like, one of 19 people. 
these two guys, not not the not the 58 other agents that, that he's about to explain that there's 60 of them in Tampa. But just, I'm just one of 19. As a result of his righteous actions, the government had him arrested after an illegal search of his home on September of 2021. And after nearly two and a half years in federal prison, Jeremy has filed for an appeal. Jeremy's legal team is presenting forensic evidence that show the unregistered explosive grenades and the national defense documents that Jeremy was said to have illegally been in possession of were planted in his home by government agents during an illegal search. The first thing the agents did when they entered Mr. Brown's home for their search was turn off all 14 recording devices, and none of these agents had any functioning body cameras. The only person recording was Jeremy's girlfriend, who recorded the arrest by Agent Lindsay and Ura, who instructed her to stop recording, which she did. They were very deliberate in making sure nothing was recorded during their search. During this search, they allegedly found two explosive grenades and a CD containing national defense documents, items that Mr. Brown denied knowing anything about. The grenades were tested for DNA and the FBI's own experts found two male specimen DNAs on the grenades, none of which were from Jeremy Brown. They found a dog hair underneath one of the grenades. Mr. Brown has two dogs. I know that dog. So the FBI got a search warrant, took over 50 samples from his dogs, and determined that the hair on the grenade was not from his dogs. They found a carpet fiber on the tape around one of the grenades. So they get another search warrant cut out pieces of Jeremy's carpet, and compare the fibers to the one that was found with the grenade. Okay, you can cut it right here, Bob. It was not. So with, with all of this, essentially what you're saying and what he's saying is uh, people were recruited to come up to the Capitol in January. If they didn't do it uh, and they knew about it and they could potentially talk, obviously he was doing interviews, uh, as we showed there on the screen here on Drink of Rose podcast on Patreon, uh, because he refused to participate in January 6th. They then went to his house, planted evidence, and, uh, and had him arrested so he wouldn't talk. I think he, was, he, was, he had already spoken up. He had already blown the whistle, and then I think they, because he was a whistleblower, they came after him, you know, um, and planted the evidence. Is, is, because he, he was trying to do a patriotic thing to expose what, you know, this was after the fact, three months after January 6th. Like, this is, he was trying to help, punch holes in the story that, you know, maybe there was some elements of this that wasn't kosher, you know, as far as. Gotcha. But he never actually went, correct? He went up to, he never walked in the Capitol. He walked up on the grounds, you know, which anybody walked on the grounds or was there that day, stormed the Capitol. Right. Like that's a Uh, dog whistle term. As of right now, they're saying about 1200 Americans have been charged with federal crimes for the role in January 6th. Yeah, but they're uh, the, I think two months ago we did a story that they're going to expand their arrests now to people who are just hanging out outside as well, right? They're arresting, or at least that's what Mayorkas said. But I think he may have just been trying to. They're arresting average of one person a day. No, they're still going after him. Yeah, we're seeing these videos every single day. So uh, according to the time frame that uh, all this was going down, and obviously, again, I'm going to go back to when we were live on air. Uh, switching from Central Time, where because we, we were here uh, back to East Coast time. 
It seemed like people started to enter right around 4.30 p.m. ish, somewhere in there. No, it was way, they entered the Capitol way earlier. Way earlier than that. Okay. Um, Yeah, 1.32 o'clock. 1.32 o'clock, no shit. Because Ashley Babbitt's death was, I believe, uh, you know, don't quote me, but I think it was 2.30 or something like that. Gotcha, because we could only see what was going on outside the Capitol uh, via C-SPAN and everything else. We couldn't see what was going on inside the Capitol, so we didn't know until the following day with all of this. Um, at what point were you there and you decided, hey, I'm going to go into the Capitol and, and check this well, out? Well, to, to uh, clarify, I never went inside the Capitol. At all? At all. So, so where did you stop then? So, okay, so I, went, I walked directly up through the crowd, and where I landed was uh, up on the stage, which I didn't even know was a stage at the point, that point. You know, that scaffolding, the scaffolding tower, and below okay. it was the st- inaugural stage. And there's the West Terrace Tunnel, and that's actually the tunnel where um, Biden and Trump walked through to come onto that stage on inauguration. Day. Yep. Okay, walked down it. Okay, so I ended up below that stage, uh, or below that tunnel on the West Terrace. I mean, I walked directly up there, but that's Is when I started it? seeing the flashbangs, the rubber bullets, and honestly, that the median age that day was. Uh, boomer age. I mean, it was there were it was older people, and some of it were complaining that they're. I don't know if I want to walk all the way to the Capitol because it's about a mile walk. So they were firing in, and that caused this chaos and confusion into a peaceful crowd. They were literally at one point, like I said, singing "Amazing Grace." Okay, so then I get up there. You see questionable characters. And this is one I have to say, and I've said it on a couple of interviews, and. I've, I've worked, you know, as being in the film business, I've worked with it before, but this guy walked down and he was saying the same thing, walked through the crowd. It was like, there's people dying inside the tunnel now. Okay. And he's got blood running down his face. And I'm like, that looks fake as shit. And I, as I got closer, the blood I, looked fake, the blood looked fake. And as I got closer, I walked it, I rubbed it and it was, it was a uh, syrupy fake blood. Uh, corn sucrope. Yeah, yeah. Or sucrose is what they use. Corn uh, syrup and yeah. red 40. Correct. That's yeah. how you make yeah. blood. So it was complete. And he was, you know, I was like, why are you? It's like, this is fake blood. And I was, I, I felt led to go up there. I'm a spiritual person. I, you know, I'm a Christian. I felt up there, if there was, you know, anything going on to, to pray and keep people calm, because I, I thought this, I mean, I walked up there with kind of, you know, the, the scales off my eyes looking for anything that looked, you know, because I walked up there at four o'clock, and mm-hmm. I was like, "This seems off. This is the most peaceful day I've seen up until three forty-five, and now they're sh- they're shooting into a, the same crowd that I've been around all day." So I walked, yeah, and so it was. I mean, I testify that I said this in court that it was, uh, you know, fake blood, and I and I wouldn't know that if I if I hadn't recognized it in my career. And uh, so, and I was what like, did the prosecutors say to you? I mean, they 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 didn't deny. I mean, they. They try to make me look like a conspiracy theorist and all that, but I mean, this is what I saw. This is my testimony as a filmmaker, you know. And so I, I get my full. I mean, my story hasn't changed for three years, and and that's where we have you know a lot of J Sixers that are speaking up. We have the truth on our side, past the propagandized bullshit media, you know, that I've worked in for twenty years. That uh, we we see we knew we were there. We stood and we stood and saw a peaceful crowd being fired upon. And there were, were there, were there, there were provocateurs. There were people dressed in these, what do you call them, black uh, op kind of attire, the shit, the turtle shells and stuff like that. That didn't, did not look like 
Trump supporters, whether they are Antifa mm. or whatever. Mm. But or feds or something like that. Well, we also know, I mean, we know feds, at least 250 feds were mm. dressed as Trump supporters. Were they, were they provocateurs? I don't know. So, I mean, that's, these are all questions that should be answered in a real, you know, uh, you know, in, in a real uh, court of law. And I mean, this fake bullshit one they did was all scripted for TV. But as I walked up there, there are people breaking the windows and we're yelling, people are yelling Antifa and trying to stop them. And there's people trying to stop the people trying to break the windows. And this is another thing they had the most, I've seen video and I, they had the most random shit. They had a, they were throwing shit up there like a, uh, well, what I'm involved in is a crutch was, was thrown. Um, a yeah, the crutch foot, there. So is, is this, uh, you're talking about That's the guy me. with the crutch? That's me. That's you? Yes. You're the fucking guy with the crutch? Yes. That's me. Wow. So dude. I'm the, what, the <clears throat> insurrection hunters so called me. Yeah. I want to go, then I, I want to, I apologize because yeah. I want to go back to what you said then about stopping at the scaffolding. All right. So I know the inauguration site very, very well. Okay. You're up in it. Like, that's where the presidents, uh, Biden, Trump, yeah. Obama, mm. that's where they are coming out. You're well past the scaffolding at this point. The scaffolding is surrounding that area. It is, but you're heading in right now. Because I mean, you're very close. I'm up on the staircase. Yes, because, well, to back up, what happened before this moment, which there is, there's video, if you look under, if you look Rumble, go to Luke Coffee Rumble, you could find the video of my whole incident. But anyway, there was... What had happened with there? They were telling people that you know there were so they had left this that tunnel unguarded for three hours. I've seen the time the time lapse of it. Uh -huh. People walked in into the Capitol at that point. People had already gone in the Capitol out here. Uh, at this point, I uh, walked up because they said people were dying inside the tunnel. Okay, so then I get up there and it's completely sandwiched sardines. Um, they I can barely see, but there's like what ends up being thirty or forty, you know. Cops in full riot gear, who it, a lot of which are D.C. Metro cops that are now aiding the Capitol Police. All right, so we have the video of you here. Bob, no. play this video. No, you don't see much. I think that's no, no, all right. It's the one on Rumble. Can you play Yeah, but, but this even is the, on even, Rumble. Well, do you know the Even this one right here. Rumble. Okay, so back that up 10 seconds, Bob, because you're the guy with the crutch, correct? Yes. That's you. All right. So you're, you're, it appears as if you're heading in now. Let this play, Bob. <laughs> All right, so are the Capitol Police forcing you out at this point? Well, to set this up, so before this, they had gassed the tunnel and pushed all these people tumbling down the stairs, okay? Okay. And there were women. I hear women screaming, I can't breathe. There was four. It was four people deep, okay? They had gassed the tunnel. All the, the, right, the cops are in full gas masks. They gas. You're not supposed to gas a closed environment like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it caused chaos. It caused people to uh, waterfall down the staircase. Okay, pause <laughs> this right there, Bob. Um, go ahead. And so, what had happened is they were pushed all down the stairs. And if you if you play, go to my. Well, hang on. In this video, and I, before we go to yours, I'm yeah. going to complete this one here. Yeah. It, it appears well, as if someone did throw the crutch inside the building. Was that you or somebody else? No, no, no. Someone, it was thrown at my feet before I walked up there. Okay, and then you grabbed the that crutch. That was a different, like, stick or something that got okay, thrown so, in. But, but you, it was thrown up right before I walked up. All right, because and, and, it was not your crutch, correct? It was not my crutch. You grabbed the crutch. You go full Ferris Bueller at the, at the parade. and uh, No, I said stop, stop. Okay. And, and before that, you'll see there's a, you know, in my other video, you'll see before this all happened, 
there were women screaming, and I'm saying, stop and pray. And that became my, that was my uh, most wanted on the FBI poster, stop and pray. They called it the High Five Cowboy, the insurrection hunters, sedition hunters called it the High Five Cowboy. But I was saying, telling people to stop and pray because I couldn't help these people underneath. There were women underneath a pile screaming for their life, okay? And because they had tumbled down, it was chaos and pandemonium. And I kind of went, I was, there were, there were good men trying to help these, specifically, if there's a fire and women are, are there, or children, I'm running towards it. I've lost what led me out of LA. I lost my fiance in an accident we were in in Hollywood 15 years ago. And I would, I would put myself in front of any, especially any woman or child before I would give my life up for, to have another family not have to go through what my fiance's family has gone through. It was my girlfriend's family. It, it, so I hear women screaming and crying. So I, I, I couldn't help them. There's a woman that this, this, this is one reason I'm do, I do press. There's a, everybody knows about Ashley Babbitt. There's a, na- a woman named Roseanne Boyland that was killed right next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she suffocated or she, you know, from being trampled or she was, she was beaten by a cop named Lila Morris who I'm accused of assaulting, who beat me and her with a wooden stick. Okay. okay. So if you go to Rumble Luke Coffee, my channel, it should be um, there. But anyway, she she actually died there. Okay. And all these men before this are saying there's a woman up there that needs help. They're telling the police, help this woman. She needs help. She needs – she's not breathing. They didn't think she was breathing. And, and so um, it, it calmed down for a second after this overflow of people – and there were four of us men that were like, we need to do something so this doesn't happen again. And they're saying there's still people trapped up there. So that's when I very uh, – it's the one with my – it's the third one right there. Um, with Tom Cruise? No, that's my old stupid Is that you? From like yeah, Shit, dude. 20 years ago. Dude. Young Tom Cruise, brother. No free ads, though. For um, who? But anyway, there's a lot of rumble. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh! I thought you meant for Tom Cruise. I was like, I'll give TC a free. He doesn't ad. need any ads from us. Uh, I mean, he if might. you play this, this is we'll set up what I. Okay. Can you play the audio too? All right, and there's you right there in the middle of it, and, and right now stop you're saying, pray. "Stop and pray." I said it ten times. See me. I wanted to walk up as peacefully as I could, but there was. They said a woman, which I'd seen Roseanne at the top of this tunnel. So is look she at, in this video. Look at her being okay. So this cop is beat. See her beating the person on the ground. Yep. That's there's a woman down there named Roseanne Boylan that died. Gotcha. Okay. She has hit me with the stick too, and one of my charges was assaulting this woman. Who is this officer here with a stick beating her? One of the heroes of January 6th. Her name is Lila Morris. She, okay. was, she included a one of the four to five heroes. She was flown to the Super Bowl and, and given hero status. And she was, so I pick up the crutch, said in the name of Jesus, God, please stop this. I was like, we're all Americans. Stop, stop. You know, there's people under here. And I've never wanted to use this woman's death, like, as, as anything to get, but... So basically, you see me. And they're shooting tear gas out at you bear, there? It's yeah. bear mace, basically. Bear mace. Okay. It was OC spray and pepper gel. But uh, 
So I did, so you see me, yeah, blocks, shit that's thrown. But I did push, I push against the line, and then in another video you see her being, okay, see me get hit right here, but I come up. There's Roseanne's belly right there on the ground. You see it? So she's hit me with a stick. The woman. <clears throat> so that's a female police officer? Yes. No shit. Moore, a black female police officer named Lila Moore. Beating an unconscious white woman. And I say that because. So I was sprayed. They said upwards 13 or 14 times. Direct in the face. And then beaten in the head. And, and uh... Okay, so from this footage right here, was that the furthest you made it? No, I push against the police line right there. So that's. Assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, because you have the crutch in your hand? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, did you make it any further? Did you yeah. actually ever enter that little area there? Or uh, is that as far as you went, right there? That's as far as I went. Okay. So, if I pushed against the line. Uh, I pushed against the line um, for, I think, like, they said 20 seconds. But then I get pushed back and push the other cop. In, in the trial, the, uh, Lila Morris said I never touched her, and that's one of the two officers I'm accused of assaulting. The other officer I, I touched for three seconds, and he patted me on the head. And what is that, coconut water you're trying to pour into your eyes? You know, somebody gave me green juice, and actually it was the only thing that helped. Okay. Okay. Naked juice. Naked juice, yeah. Naked the wa juice. The water. There's was my... J6, was that, were they a sponsor of J6? <laughs> yeah. Naked juice? It was guerrilla marketing, yeah. Yeah. Luke, you've been on podcasts before. You know we got some sponsors that put this shit wagon on the air. We got to get to them quick, and we'll get back to your uh, crazy story here, man. Uh, first and foremost uh, today is uh, mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles that first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Super Bowl weekend is here, kids. We're in it, right? We're making all our bets. I'm all in on the Chiefs. Plus two. I'm probably going to put the money line on it. You can get rid of the points for me. Don't need it. You're not stopping Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift from taking over the entire world. I'm sorry. I'm not betting against the Chiefs this weekend. It could be a blowout, too. I, they look nervous. 49ers look nervous at the, the presser. I don't know. Uh, that I've seen a team with this many excuses already before the Super Bowl. I'm all in on the Chiefs. There's nothing I can do about that. And the beauty of it is you can bet with me or against me on this, although I have won the last six Super Bowls in a row. I've never missed on this show, uh, which is crazy, uh, whether it's the spread or against it or all that other fun stuff, including the year. I know what you're saying, Ross. Hey, dude, what about the year the Falcons lost? Barah had the spread on that, man, and uh, and they came back. So. Sorry, I still won, but I lost. Trust me, I would have rather lost all my money and have the fucking Falcons win that one, but it is what it is. Therefore, I'm going with my heart here on this one. It's got to be the Chiefs all day. Ton of prop bets over there, over 350 on the Super Bowl, including Reba. Is Reba going to go over or under on the national anthem? That's fun. Post Malone. Cutaways to Taylor Swift are on there if you want to get your lady involved uh, in the big game as well. And then squares. A lot of people do squares throughout their neighborhood. Now you can do it on mybookie.com. I did it last year for the first time and won $500. Rocked. Uh, you can't watch this game without something on it. 
currently. Uh, there is an all-time record. It has hit $57 million as of today as far as uh, money that has gone on this game. It will only increase as the week goes on over there. It's going to get nuts. Go to mybookie.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros to double that first deposit up to $1,000 and put something on it. Daytona 500 is the weekend afterwards, too, dude. You win a lot of money on that as well or on our golf show that I do uh, with Delco Dan over there on Drinking Bros Sports. Next up, we got Manscaped.com. Promo code Drinking Bros is going to get you 20% off at checkout over there. And free shipping. So if you're getting ready for Valentine's Day and don't know what gift to give the man in your life, no worries. Manscaped is here to save your love story with the all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Snag 20% off plus free shipping with the code DRINKINGBROS at checkout. It is the ultimate gift to elevate his grooming game and keep the romance alive. All year round, Cupid approved over there. Big fan of it. What's in this bag? Uh, a lot. You got the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's for the pubes. Um, now you also got uh, the Manscaped Refined Cologne in this. This is a new one. Uh, they have not been doing colognes. They're doing colognes now. Uh, and that's what adds the Valentine's Day touch to this grooming routine over here. Uh, the package also features the Weed Whacker nose hair trimmer. Uh, you can also uh, use that for the ears as well. Uh, Manscapes liquid formulations and two free goodies, uh, which are the Shed Travel Bag and the Boxer 2.0 over there because comfort is king for your guy. Uh, and for the bearded kings out there, Manscaped is also bringing you the Beard Hedger Pro Kit designed to shape his scruff effortlessly, uh, sculpting those cheek lines and maintaining beard styles, giving him that suave look for those romantic moments. Seamlessly handling even thicker beards is perfect. Uh, it's the perfect tool to, to, to get a polished date ready appearance, get 20% off and free shipping with the code drinking bros at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com. Again, you got to use that promo code drinking bros, brother. Here's to keeping the romance alive. One smooth move at a time. Next up. We got bubsnaturals.com. Promo code drinking bros is once again being used over there for 20% off. Let's go. Look, Bubs Naturals is providing the best collagen protein on the planet and the best MCT oil powder there is. That MCT oil powder will be your new favorite functional coffee creamer. Uh, and it's also veto, uh, vegan and keto friendly over there. MCT oil powder. Uh, it's for mental focus and energy. Uh, Bubs was named after Glenn Bub Doherty, who uh, tragically lost his life, uh, saving Americans in Benghazi. Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. And uh, Glenn Bub Doherty stood for self-improvement and was always helping others. And that DNA is woven into the Bubs brand. Bubs donates 10% of all profits to charity in Glenn's honor, starting with the Glenn 
Doherty Memorial Foundation. On Veterans Day, 100% of the proceeds go to the Glenn Doherty Foundation, along with that collagen protein, which, look, let's face it, anybody over the age of 25 needs to be taken every day in the MCT oil powder. Highly recommend uh, their apple vinegar gummies to start the day. Just pop two of those in your mouth in the morning. You're good to go. Head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use the code Bros for 20% off. These are supplements that you're going to be uh, buying anyways and taking. You might as well do it uh, and order it from a company that supports veterans. Go to bubsnaturals.com, promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off over there. Last but not least, hardafseltzer.com. We're live. Florida, Georgia, Texas, uh, Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Ohio. Talking about it at the top with my bookie, but the big game's coming up. Get yourself a 12-pack of 8% hard AF seltzer. No carbs, no sugars, no gluten if you give a fuck about that. Uh, we're virtually in every single Total Wine uh, now in the southeast. I know we've sold out a lot in Texas. It'll be restocked here uh, by Thursday, I was assured. Uh, so you can go back to head over there. Uh, also at the HEBs, head on up to that Nutty Brown location in Austin or the one in Dripping Springs or the one by uh, Oak Hill in the Y. If you're in Austin, grab yourself a 12-pack for the big game. If you're watching the big game at bars and restaurants, plenty to do that around the country. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, you can head into uh, Short North Pint House down there in downtown uh, or Urban Myers Pint House out in Dublin. Standard Hall on campus, you can rock Tuscaloosa. So you head on down to Ramajama and watch the big game there. Wilmington, North Carolina, if you want a pregame, go to brunches. Load up. Best brunch I've ever had in my life over there. They're serving hard AF seltzers. Uh, and that total wine in Wilmington, North Carolina is all stocked up as well. Uh, and then if you're at the universities, let's say you're partying, University of Tennessee, head on into uh, University Liquors there. Auburn, head on down to Tiger Liquors over there. Corks and Forks in Tuscaloosa and at University of Georgia. You got ABC Liquors on campus. Head on over to hardafseltzer.com today. Type in your city or zip on that store locator to take you to the, the closest location nearest you. If you're not in one of those states or the surrounding states, we still ship right to your house at hardafseltzer.com. Support us and support the show. Look, it makes me want to buy some. If it'll... If it can clear up bear mace to your eyes, I'm all in on naked juice. Um, okay, you can you can stop it there. Uh, all right, so we've seen how far you got. It ended there. You went out. You put the naked juice in your eyes. You're all done. Do you stay or do you go back to the hotel? What do you do I after go this? immediately. Like they started, you know, this is another thing. We all have trespassing charges. By the time I got up there, I, I saw no signage, not had – there was not one cop that told us not to be there that um, there was, there were no, you know, they, the audio system, they finally used, started using at five 30 that afternoon that said, you know, you're on illegal, you're illegally here. Mm -hmm. And so everybody started leaving and that's when they started with the mm -hmm. tear gas. They didn't even give people, there were two exits off that stage and these two stairwells and they started shooting the tear gas as people were leaving. And, and to me, you know, as, as, <laughs> The pyrotechnics, all that stuff made it look more just for as uh, from a media perspective, much more violent than it really was. I mean, you're firing, ga you know, t you know, fog and tear gas. Looks like WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it looks much more violent. And 
and again, the where I was, the West Terrace Tunnel, that was where the most you know violence was happening. And to be clear, there were whether they were Trump supporters or provocateurs or assets or whatever, there were there were people beating on the cops, but there were also out of control you know police violence that day that has been shown that is now coming out. I mean, there, that's what that's what's crazy is we watched BLM and you know, Antifa burned down cities for, you know, the summer of love. And, and now we can't think that maybe there was some police violence that was going on that day that, you know, that were pr- provocating and irritating and causing this chaos and this chaotic situation. And there were good men, righteous men that were trying to, to deescalate. They were trying to help Roseanne Boylan. She was dragged through that tunnel like a dead deer. And like after 10, 15 minutes of them trying to get the cops to, to help her, and I think they thought, I think, I think Lila Morris thought she was a male, a man, a man. And she testified at my trial. She was the first, this is the first trial she's testified at, but she said she got, she was, you know, they were trying to make her like the, uh, the victim, you know, mm-hmm. and she beat her three times in the head and, and in the stomach. And I mean, it's, you know, this is police brutality to an unconscious woman, you know, and, and, and what they did in the media to a Ross, it, and Dan, I mean, it was disgusting. They made her like, it, she's just a crazy QAnon person. I mean, this is a person's life, you know, and, and she died of a drug overdose. She had Adderall in her system. She had a prescription for Adderall. She had, she had been a recovered addict for 10 years or nine years, but they totally persecuted. CNN did a whole special on her, but they've been trying to bury this. And the New York Times said, I was preventing the cops from rendering aid. And if you see the other video that is in my evidence, they actually pull her out as I'm holding up the crutch and the, it's the protesters that start doing CPR. And then these two guys that are heroes in my book that the Westerberry brothers get shields and make this space. And I felt called to like, go make a gap, be a peacemaker. I didn't, I didn't want to be on either side, but I looked obviously like a, one of the, a domestic terrorist. I wanted to be just bring peace to a moment where they could rescue these people that I, I thought were trapped under that could die, and obviously one did. And so they they finally brought her up after I tumbled down the stairs, and made it. That's when <clears throat> when they started telling everyone to leave, and they have a system there. They they waited till five thirty to start telling people to leave. Why didn't they use that system? The only person I heard on a on a uh, bullhorn was this. They, they call him a scaffolding commander that was telling, get your weapons and move forward. Like no cop even got on a bullhorn and told people to leave in the area I was in. Okay. So, so that's, that being said, I've made it back. I mean, I was, we used the, the video of, there's a girl named, she goes by Patriot Barbie online, Lindsey Graham, who actually gave me the green juice. And she testified along with my buddy. And they basically, they were threatening that charges could come. You know, if they did testify, they chose to still do it because they were both there that day. And um, so she she actually helped me with that green juice. I went back to the hotel and they were already saying this is worse than 9-11 Pearl Harbor. And I was like, this is the you know, this is bullshit. Yeah. No, yeah. I, and, and again, Dan and I were on that day. So I remember it's um, yeah. a lot of laughter out of this side. But, uh, you know, obviously we're a comedy show. Right. Um how long until uh, you're contacted afterwards that you will stand trial for being there and and being an insurrectionist? Well, so With air I, quotes. It's a uh, January sixth, right? So again, they use these dog whistle terms: insurrectionist, the storm, the Capitol. That that you know, we were already branded in the media. That's what sucks about any of our us J sixers. We were already convicted by public opinion in the media, and and, and you know. W- there were I have conservative friends and family members 
that initially bought into, you know, the lies of the media, what they were saying. And it's like, why would you even go up there? And it was like, because I had it re- intention to help people and bring peace. And that's, the, I mean, that's, that's the truth of what I was attempting to do. And, <clears throat> but it was, we were already branded this and, and basically on the way back, I mean, we were going to go to Nashville, do kind of a boys trip, go to Atlanta, go hunting. And, and we just went directly back the next day to Texas. And I was live stream with, with, with uh on facebook and on uh stein show and saying what what you're being told in the media is a complete lie and i was like this is you know and so i looked like a crazy conspiracy theorist and you know got the immediately got the worst most hateful thing because the crutch guy they're showing this over and over on cnn and and then it comes out who i am and tmz is showing it that you know i'm actor luke coffee is attacks people with a crutch and they used an angle that I, when I got pushed back, I got up and I, it's like one frame of the video where I'm like this, where, you know, they, they it still, appears as if you're, ta- you're attacking. Yeah. Someone, that I'm yeah. using it like that, like yeah. a spear. And that's one of the plea deals. They wanted me to admit that I joined a mob of Trump supporters and used the, uh, the, the, uh, crutch as a, crutch spear. As a spear, which is a absolute complete lies showed by the video evidence. So, and that's what they're doing with a lot of us is they're scaring us into plea deals. They're trying to deplete our resources financially, you know, shame us in the media. I mean, this is, we are the untouchables. We're like modern day lepers. They, it's been hard to get legal, you know, help, you know, there's patriotic lawyers are like, I'm sorry, my law firm doesn't want to touch this. I'd love to help you, Luke, you know? So no, I get it. So, yeah. so who ends up representing you and, and how do you even approach that conversation because you're right, after it happens, nobody wanted to touch any of these fucking cases. A lot of them ended up with the public process. Or, uh, yeah, the, but if you're a kitty diddler or a rapist, hey, that's fine. I mean, that's what's just so messed up about this. I mean, it's upside down. But a lot of these were, were public defenders who took on these cases. Well, and I think they targeted— Is, is that what happened to you, or did you end well, up getting a lawyer? No, I got a lawyer, but I, I think they targeted—this I, I would. This is my estimate uh, based on— and a lot of people have this opinion. They went, out, went, went after a lot of people that didn't have the resources to hire— you know, good lawyers in general too. But on top of that, it's just hard to find them. I found a Dallas lawyer, but this is after they said I hit out. So I made it back to Dallas and, you know, I, I know a lot of people in Dallas. I have a family. I have like a big, huge family. My grandfather was a judge um, there. And so I have like, I'm, it was, it was overwhelming how many immediate messages I was getting from people shaming me, telling them, you know, that I'm now I'm on the FBI most wanted list but the FBI hasn't called me, and then they finally call me and say, I'm not a suspect. And I said, take me off the damn list. We're on billboards. They have us on billboards in Dallas, me holding up my hands. And I'm literally, I was like, I was telling people to stop and pray, and they're using this as the most wanted poster of the FBI. So, and we're insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, and, you know. So immediately I went in this, like, preservation mode of, like, I got to, I want to tell the truth of what I saw that day, but... You know, and also my business that I built from nothing for 14 years is in jeopardy because I'm hired as my name, Luke Coffee, not my Coffee Productions, my company. No, they're hiring me as a director, and they don't want to work with the insurrection. <laughs> so yeah. So all these things. So anyway, I ended up getting out of debt. My buddy was like, "Come to my ranch, bro, in comfort." And so that's where this whole Texas Monthly bullshit came from. Was I went down there, but I was I immediately had, had already talked to the FBI, who was in contact. I think I talked to him um, 14 or 15 times over three weeks and I told him my story from the beginning. I did push against the line of police, but it was out of, uh, after being at, I was hit seven times in the head and shoulders. I st- stood there and took it for 
30 seconds, 40 seconds, then I pushed against the line, made it space, and they removed Roseanne. And, and it actually accomplished what I was trying to do was be able to, to give a break in the violence and in, in, in the chaos. So I made it to, to comfort. Then uh, the FBI agent, Agent Hillman, hey, Agent Hillman, uh, calls me and says, uh, Mr. Kov, there's some new video evidence. It's not looking good for you. And I said, well, then you're going to need to talk to my lawyer. I didn't have a lawyer at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I quickly found someone through a family friend in Dallas that, you know, is a conservative guy. And uh, <clears throat> he, he uh, negotiated for me to turn myself in in Dallas. And uh, I let him, you know, search my place and my, my vehicle. And, you know, and so I turned myself in. They put me in, 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 uh, in Lou Starrett in Dallas until – he, I was transferred to a federal holding facility with convicted felons, you know, and I haven't even been indicted yet. They put me in, you know, and I was in a chain, belly chain. My legs were chained and walking. And I've played a prisoner. I've played a domestic terrorist all in TV stuff. So it was just like, is this really happening? And on top of that, my so half my family, like, is very, my Austin side is very liberal. So they think I'm a terrorist. My conservative side doesn't understand why I would even go up there you need to turn yourself in. I was like, I'm, I ha- I'm going to, but I'm, I wasn't, you know. Anyway, there was just, it was chaos and craziness. They nuked my my Facebook account, and this is another thing that is worth discussing. There was, they have seventeen thousand pages of my social media history. I mean, I have four films and like my company, you know, page and everything from Facebook, Instagram, <clears throat> from from back to two thousand six. Mm-hmm. These are private, direct messages to people. Every like, every comment. From pe- someone's comment on my page, their comment on theirs, they have all of that. 17,000 pages. Well, I, I will say this. The Fed just gave access in Twitter uh, to Trump's DMs for one of these cases that he's currently in. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, you know uh, terribly shocking at I this point. I hope the DMs are a lot like the Vince McMahon text messages. Same here. I hope he like was he's talking about black cocks and yep. dumping out on people and everything yep. else. Yeah. Now, I read an article last night. It was about your defense. Uh, uh, specifically about the crutch thing and how there's a I, I haven't seen this part, but there's a there's a period where you swing the crutch at some point is what I read. But what's that about? Yeah, they tried to when basically. Can you guys find that part of the video? I don't know where that is. I have been looking for a while. I have it's the stills it's, is what I is it just so when far. you were like jabbing no, no, someone no. or is that no? A I get thing? I fall back after the guy. So the second cop I push against. For three seconds, he pats me on the head and says, "We're good, bro. We're good, bro." This is all in. in They're talking about the cop pats you on the head. The cop piles pats me on the head. Mm. The second cop I allegedly assaulted, and I fall back, and so the crutch comes down like that, mm. and I'm like holding it like this. So they're trying to claim that I swung it at the cop. It mm. swung down in a swing motion, and so if you look, pattern of of my pattern that day was, I was. <laughs> Trying to bring peace, I wasn't trying to attack the cops, but I, I mean, it was they're they're using he like catches it as it comes down. I was never swinging at it, and I wouldn't swing it like that. So that's I'd love to see what what article that is. Well, but. looking looking at this uh, and looking at the footage and everything else, um, can you kind of understand where they thought maybe this guy could be swinging a crutch, crutch around or potentially use it on me well, as, I pushed, I mean, as no, all these people no, are No, uh, no doubt I pushed in. against the police line. I, I would never. Right. So Because we had the QAnon shaman on the show here, right? Yeah. Uh, and he, right after he got out of jail and everything else, and I asked him the same question I'm about to ask you, is yeah. uh, do you think 
there should be any jail time for this? And if so, what would that be? Because some of this is questionable at the time, and his emotions are running high on both sides. Right. You see what the optics look like on something like this, right? Absolutely, but what I'm charged with, with intent of bodily harm or death. So my intent of of trespassing, I had to knowingly trespass, which I did not know, with a dangerous weapon, the crutch, deadly or dangerous weapon, which potentially that, I mean, that's the one I could get five or six years, Mm -hmm. you know, um, was I using it a deadly weapon? I, it's, it hasn't been shown as such. No, and the, I mean, the, the answer appears to be no. There's somebody else attacking with a stick there, but that's clearly not you. Yeah. Um, well, and there's other officers. Uh, right. That's not him That's where the crutch. crutch gets thrown in front of him. Well, yeah. you see that guy, guy is jabbing at the crutch. This guy is jabbing with, with yeah. the crutch, but that is and not And there's people you. swinging it like a baseball bat and all that. And a fucking but there is, uh, right. American there is use flag. Of, if there's, that's a hockey there, stick. It's in the, it's in the DOJ... Use of lethal lethal force is, I mean, spraying, you know, I was, I was no, not the instigator. I was standing, what it's, it's very misleading that I was six feet to six to eight feet back from the police line and they're spraying me, hit me in the head and, and, and face. So there is, there is a fight or flight self-defense response, but, uh, it would be a more self-preservation, um, response more than anything. And, and being, you know, I've had... I've been concussed and it's, you know, been had my bell rung. I played college football. So, I mean, there's, it, there's a natural response to being attacked. So, well, you probably are getting swung at because this retard behind you is trying yeah, to, yeah, I mean, the cops there's, I'm not stick. seeing the people swing in. I'm not. And that, and that's the other part about it. So, like, you know, we, 80% of our audience is military and first responders. I'm going to take the angle of a first responder here on, on just for this one. There's not that many of them. There's a shit ton of people on the outside of this. No, there's 40 police officers with shields and rifles. But 40 is not a lot compared to yeah, what, well, what's, what's out here. I mean, is this it? is this is the Battle of Thermopylae, right? It's a famous battle. Mm-hmm. Like you uh, uh, lead the enemy into a tunnel like this because numbers don't matter there, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they have it set up this way. They so 40, 40, 40 officers can hold that for sure. Okay, and so do you think that they were shifting you guys there on purpose to this one entry point? My opinion is they why they left it unguarded, let people walk through in the Capitol for three hours. Then they came with all this backup and pushed people out. So, uh, you know, it looks very it becomes this battle because these people have unknowingly walked into a tunnel that they thought they were. I thought I didn't know where it led. I've never been to the cap that that side of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to the, the outside, the front of the Capitol, which I've prayed at before. I, I, that's for another event. So I, I've been on Capitol grounds and never thought I was trespassing. So I think people unknowingly just walked up, and then there were people from behind saying heave ho that got caught up in this. You know, there's there's a woman named Victoria White that was beat 37 times in the head, and she's been charged with a felony. So make that make sense beaten by multiple cops in the in the head and she's she took a plea deal because she, this is you know this is where we are with a, a 90 it's a 99.4 percent conviction rate in dc bob can you find the totally. talks report for that uh roseanne whatever the fuck her name is i was trying to find it because uh, earlier saying, saying somebody with an adderall prescription has died from an adderall overdose that's a bit it I mean, said acute amphetamine Overdose, basically. I, I'll try to find a which, which takes, Adderall is is classified. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, but it takes it yeah. takes a little bit. She was, uh, uh, especially uh, if she you're was. like a if you're a regular user of you got a prescription for it, you're gonna have to really take some. To and, fucking and, then the other, and the she was part, a former addict, according to yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. And then the other part of this too is like if you're gonna use that defense against her, 
you would use against George Floyd. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he had 11 would, times the f- lethal fentanyl dose Jesus in his body. Christ. Yeah, so you know? if you're going to just make it equal. Um, so you go to court. But again, just is, if, is there a jury there and everything else? No, so we have a choice of doing, you, do, you can have a bench trial or, or a, a jury trial. And no one is having any success. Everybody has asked for a change of venue. I mean, this is, you know, 99% of people work for the government in D.C. or a contracted company for the government. I mean, it's... it's, Is it Judge uh, Tanya Chutkin? Is she doing yours? Was she doing all of these? I have a very fair judge. uh, um, And I'm, you know, he's put in a hard hard place. Uh, His name is Judge um, Rudolph Contreras. And I think we connected well. But I did a bench... I opted out into jury trial, and he let me know, you know, up front that he was on the FISA court, and he was, uh, you know, he was on the General Flynn, you know, he was part of that trial, and also, what's the guy, um, the FBI agent um, that was so against Trump, the blanking out on his name, but anyway, that's his neighbor. You mean the... Jack uh, Smith? No, 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 the the director of the FBI? Ray? Christopher Ray? No, no, before him. No, um, I forget his the name. The guy that was wearing a fucking Joe Biden shirt the morning of the election. The fuck's his name? You know, I, I can see his stupid face. Anyway, in my head. It's some, it's some, anyway <clears throat> he, did, he let me know that, that it could be viewed that there is a political bias involved because he has a bench trial as the judge. Here's the whole thing. You, you do a trial in, right in front of the judge. And, and it's quicker uh, and less expensive. When you do a, a bench trial like that, instead of for the going government for a, is, yeah, yeah, exactly. For a full <clears throat> jury. Um, so did you request a jury initially and were denied that? No, no, no. You have the right to have a jury trial. Oh, I you chose, do? Yeah. Oh, I you chose to have this yeah, bench because, trial. Yeah, based on, you know, the statistically, the odds are better in doing it, you know, unless you have a, a very left, far left-leaning judge. You, you know, you study all the, we studied all the trials and all that. So... I mean, so yeah, I, I opted out on the on the jury trial and and did it right in front of the judge, and it was uh, four or five days in D.C. Okay, and, uh, and going back, <laughs> I did hire a, initially. Uh, I did my Dallas. Uh, I hired a Dallas attorney. You know, I paid him fifty thousand dollars for three weeks of work, and then he wanted another three hundred fifty thousand to go forward, and I didn't have that. And so, but he got me out. Like initially, the Dallas judge said I I should be I released on home detention that I was acting in self-defense and the crutch wasn't used in a dangerous way and then but they opted out to go to the dc court so i had to wait in prison for 40 days in uh in right in uh texas uh texas you know with uh yeah i got out of my cell six hours and 40 days with you know convicted felons i had two cartel guys a pedophile uh, two gangbangers are proud of killing three people and and you know, God has a sense of humor because I was the night I got in there, I was on TMZ, so everybody knew they watched that show, and so they yeah. knew and didn't mess with jail. me. They thought it was a joke. Yeah, so they they called me insurrectionist or Hollywood and left me kind of alone. But it was, I mean, so I went and my dad does prison ministry. So the only times I'd been in prison was sharing the gospel with my father. So, it, um, but I was then I was let out. The doubt, the uh, finally the the uh, DC judge ruled that. It wasn't, I wasn't acting, it was in response to be under duress, and I wasn't acting, you know, I wasn't using it as a bat or a bat, batting ram, the crutch, and so she released me, and then I was on home detention with an ankle monitor for 20 months. Okay. And I have no criminal record, just to clarify, and I, have, uh, you know. Uh, and, but what, what does that uh, encapsulate there? Is that no drinking, leave, drugs, anything like that? No drugs, of course, but you could, uh, drinking was fine, but you did drug tests, called in daily to <laughs> 
uh, I still did up until recently called daily into a drug and you go do a piss test three times a month. And then you're out, you're allowed to leave your house for, you know, work purposes only, um, only certain hours. Uh, I have the, uh, kind of the autopsy, what it says. So they had outside consultants come in, mm-hmm. uh, and this is what it says, a vanity fair article. So whatever, take, Shit, take it for yeah. what it's worth, but this is the best I can find. That wasn't massively paywalled like WAPO or something. Uh, outside medical consultants were asked to review Roseanne's autopsy report, uh, were split on its conclusion. Two experts agreed that the procedure was professionally done and thorough, but they disagreed on the cause of death. One felt that even though Roseanne was young and took her ADHD medication regularly, the amount in her system was in the lethal range and she had preconditions, probably obesity, that made her vulnerable, and she was a smoker, uh, that made her vulnerable to amphetamine intoxication, though stress may have affected her. A second expert said the context and circumstances of Roseanne's final minutes were critical in understanding how she died, believing that the video evidence and eyewitness accounts her death might not have been caused by... Uh, by well, they, so you're the, saying the family wanted, of, The family had no opportunity. They did a they cremated her body before the family had any opportunity so to... So three out of the four to do it. reviewers don't think it was an OD? No, the original reviewer thinks it's an OD. Yeah. The, sec- the, uh, the second, let's call it three, I guess. So the, mm. the first one thinks it's an OD. The second one thinks that the amphetamines played a role and it could have been a lethal range considering her body type mm-hmm. and other comorbidities. And then the third one thinks it was just something else. Okay. Uh, I'll go back to what I said earlier about the George Floyd thing. I, if you're calling it that way, you could have called it the other way too if you wanted to. Um, well, only when the victim is black. Right. Obviously. Uh, not in this case here. Now, this you've been going through this for about three and a half years now? Somewhere yeah, in over, there? Over three years. And you're about to be sentenced uh, in a few weeks, correct? Yeah, eight, eight, eight to nine weeks I'll be sentencing. So the judges, we're, we're submitting a final um, overview of our defense. And, uh, you know, just to clarify, yeah, the Lila Morris on the stand, she's one of two officers that I allegedly assaulted. She admitted twice. And, and you know, I, I believe a lot of these, you know, these witnesses are very much coached. I mean, that's part of the strategy but she admitted on the stand i never touched her okay so for three years i've been you know accused of assaulting the woman that regardless if roseanne died from i don't believe it was adderall at all it was either she was you know she was trampled or she was underneath this pile of four to five people deep and she was suffocated to death or she was beaten i mean she was beaten three times in the head with a stick violently beaten and she blood came out after she had, you know, that's on video after she had been hit. So I don't know if blood dead people bleed, but anyway, it there, the the whole thing is she was made into the victim in my trial that she was under duress. Okay. And so this is a, this is a officer of like, I'm, I'm not a trained officer. I don't, I've never been in these situations. Plus we wanted, we wanted the officers to do their job and help, you know, serve and protect. And there were, there were some, you know, I get it that we're in a, a fog of war type scenario. I've never been in a riot, never want to be in a riot. Yeah. But they weren't rescuing these people. And for 10 minutes, you, there's video of, of all these men saying before I got up there, there's a woman down that needs help. Need, and then they brought her up and are she, they're just standing there. Not, and, and, and there's a sheriff named, uh, sheriff, deputy sheriff named Ronald Maccabee, who's been locked up ever since. And by the grace of God, I'm not still in the D.C. Gulag. I got out, okay? Um, but he he's been locked up ever since, and he he as a deputy sheriff was trying to tell them to stop. There's a woman down, you know. Sure. So there, I thought there were multiple people down. So there was there's when you get in that circumstance, some people run from it, you know. Some people, you know, will 
I went into a like I after I lost I was hit by a hit and run driver. My fiance died. I lived crossing a street in Hollywood. I got up and I was looking for my dead fiance. You know, so and I, you know, the next 24 hours I was doing everything. What what do I need to do to make sure she's her her family's you know, I called her job, her, her parent, she showed, she sold weddings at Paradise Cove in Malibu. I called her boss and I said, she's not going to make it because she died. You know, I was, so there's people that react differently to tra- traumatic situations, but I'm telling you like that hearing women cry like that put me in this, like, I'm going to go help them and do what I can, even if it means go and stand in the gap and try to stop it. And that's, that's my response to intent is all about my trial. I have to, they have to prove that my intent was to cause bodily harm or death to the officers and I using the crutch as a dangerous or deadly weapon. So when this sentencing comes up here uh, in the next few weeks, what's the maximum uh, amount of time you're looking at and what's the minimum? I mean, the minimum is acquittal on all charges, you know, and... But that hasn't happened to anybody, to my knowledge. No, it's that's very, yeah, unlikely uh, based on, you know, the ratio percentage of convictions. Again, it's a 99.4% conviction rate for all J6ers. And all of us have been, you know, constitutionally, like, we should have the right to have our trials. If our, if our trials got moved to Virginia, for instance, or Texas, a lot of us, that this would change the narrative. Sure. So, and that's where, you know, that's what... So the worst would be, you know, four to six years. They offered me a plea deal for six months if I pled guilty, but I would have to say that I joined a mob of Trump supporters, again, using the crutch like a spear. And my integrity and what I did that day and what I've said from, you know, for the last three years and what this, you know, what has the media has done and, and, and my charges have done has, has already, has already, you know, gutted my life. And I'm going to stand and, you know, with the truth and that's, you know, and, 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 and I hope that the judge has, can go by letter of the law because my, my team, my legal team, Anthony Sabatini, um, Carolyn Stewart and, and Steve Hill, they were incredible. Steve Hill is a, a use of force expert that basically if I'm used as lethal force is used against me and I'm not the instigator, I'm allowed to defend myself. You know, unlike Roseanne Boylan, she was unconscious. She can't defend herself, but I was beaten by the same cop with a stick. My initial, my initial uh, 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 attorney thought it was a branch, a tree branch. It was a big old, wa- you know, walking stick, and she had her she had her her baton on her side. And by the way, they all have shields. I was pushing against shields, and they're on turtle shell protective riot gear. They all have gas masks when they're gassing a tunnel full of people with no gas masks. So you know, I only I picked up that crutch not at any intent to even use it as a defense mechanism, but more as to make myself like a wall and a barrier between the, the rider, the riders and, you know, and the police and, and to be a neutral party in it. And so uh, my response was, again, it was a, it was a preservation response. And if you see the video afterwards, I'm completely out of it. I was disoriented. I was confused. It was like, I got my bell rung after a big hit, and, mm. you know, football. Yeah. So, and you're like, what did just happened? What, what, what have your t- attorneys said to you about what to expect sentencing wise? How long do they think you're going to get? I mean, we're, I'm praying for the best scenario, but I'm like, God has taken away all my fear. Again, my faith, like I've gone through a worse nightmare, losing the love of my life. I'm mm-hmm. 40, 45 almost. She was the love of my life. That was, that happened 15 years ago. That was being the survivor and having survivor's guilt. Like a lot of mm-hmm. veterans have like, that was way worse than this. So I, I, 
you know, I'm ready to go to, to prison knowing that I told my truth in, in a court of law, and that could be. Again, I, I think we beat dangerous or deadly weapon, mm-hmm. and, and they should throw out, you know, the, the Lila Morris admitted I never touched her, and that has to be, you have to have contact to have, you know, and, and that's the, the ironic part is she beat an unconscious woman like this. I allegedly pushed against her, but she wasn't even on the line. She was pulled back for the time I pushed against the line. So that should be thrown out. So it's whether I assaulted uh, Officer Sanjaman is his name. For three seconds, I pushed against him, and he patted me. He said, we're good. I, I dropped back, and then the crutch fell, and that's that. the crutch fell to the side, and that's where they're saying that I was swinging it. But you see me, I'm like a drunk man. You know, that's that's what I look like in the, in the body cam footage. So, uh, again, four to five years to – you know, time served. I mean, I do somewhere I, in that range. So either full acquittal or, or potentially four to five years. Yeah, I mean, I've already done. I mean, I've done forty-five days and two. I don't get credit for the twenty months I did on home detention that I was able to travel and you know for work and it killed my company. So on top of my you know my new reputation as an insurrectionist. So that's yeah, that's it's in the judge's hands. We're we're. I'm hoping you know my prayer is that this could be. Because literally, I there, the video of me saying stop and pray, I mean, I was that, if you show a pattern of what I was doing, I was trying, you know, attempting to bring peace in that moment. And so I, you know, on top of it, I'm charged with assaulting uh, the woman that beat a unconscious woman to death, the irony there. So this could be just big for the J6 community if I am acquitted. And, and that's my prayer that if I am <laughs> even, you know, if I just get the misdemeanors, which... You know, we proven by the video, I'm walking up through 60,000 people, the video they're using against me, just nonchalantly. I didn't, you don't see any signage or anything. That, those are all the trespassing ones. But those would be misdemeanors, but it could be up to a year in prison uh, if I'm just on those. But so regardless, I don't, I don't know, Ross, it's, it's, it's up in there. It's an unknown future. I don't, you know, I, I'm kind of whatever God wants to do with it. And I just, I want to be used you know, to help other people in this. And, you know, if that's to expose the injustice or to help others that are about to have their trials, you know, there's a, the guys that were picked up the shields and formed an area in, behind me, they're charged and they just picked up shields and, and stopped people from coming in that area so they could bring Roseanne body and they're charged with felonies for picking up shields that were on the ground to cause to, you know, they were peacemakers that day too. And I think heroes. Uh, so, f- and, and today, as far as you are concerned, uh, financially, how have you been able to survive over the last three and a half years? What does somebody do uh, who's on house arrest for 20 months and they're a filmmaker and everything else? What have you done to make ends meet and who paid for your legal team? So I, and initially I had, uh, you know, I, I had some help with my initial attorney because I was waiting on bill. I was waiting on uh, payments on projects that then got canceled. And, uh, and then <clears throat> I had a, this is just tell you something about public defenders. I had placeholders as public defenders for about two years. And the first time I met with them, they said, I can't believe they didn't shoot more of you guys. And these were Midland, Texas public defenders. And I was like, like, shoot and kill us. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I guess you just showed your cards on what side of the political spectrum you've found yourself, but you know, and how you've been, that's, you know, basically programmed. But, uh, so then I was, I was able to, you know, w- work on this one project, um, that was media related, you know, from my place. And then I worked actually the last 
six months, I was working in radio and uh, on it. Well, a film show about a radio show um, in Heiko, Texas. So, and the, they hired me, but I went by an alias name because they didn't want. It's a national radio show. They didn't want. They wanted my talent, but not my name connected to it and right. and the baggage it brings. So it's been no. I had to raise. We raised some. You know, through Gifts and Go, my buddy set up an account. We raised like thirty thousand dollars, and I've 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 made some back. But it's you know, it's gutted. Yeah, it's I don't know where I go from here after this, and I'm just I'm kind of open for whatever God has for me, man. You know. Okay, so hypothetical. Yeah, guy like you does go to jail. Yeah, let's say they give you whatever the sentence is, two years. I'm just making that yeah. up. Yeah, just making that up right now. What's the meal you have before you go in? Oh, I was gonna say, which gang are you gonna join? Well, not that because it's. Oh, I can tell you all prison the stories. White Brotherhood, but uh, with yeah. w- w- what's the last meal you got? Uh, the ne- last meal, ass. Last yeah, meal, you eating ass too? Yeah, it's. <laughs> we're, we got plenty of that in jail. Towards the end of it, yeah, no, but it's not quality, quality ass, ass in jail, ass. dude. That's a lower ass. grade of ass. That was my one. That was Bob. that was my one fear going in prison the first time. Was like I'm going down fighting before anybody, you know. Rapes you? Takes me, yeah, yeah in the ass. Well, so, I'm an ass. I made it through all. Hollywood without that, so I can make it through prison. So it's a little more aggressive in Hollywood, I think. Than it jail, is. It uh, is very much. Um, <sighs> Kevin, casting Kevin caps, Spacey. Bro. They just dropped a new trailer for his movie. Yeah, he's out there. Okay. He's out there ago. touching weens, dude. Okay. Sure is. I saw Kevin Spacey the first week I was there with and a he'll make eye contact kid with in his lap at a West Hollywood. Yeah, uh, and that kid's probably dead now too. Yeah. <laughs> based on how things have gone. Well, look, it seems like everybody that takes him to court mysteriously dies. You want to talk about someone who's good at hiding? Uh, evidence. Oh, Witnesses. Well, I, I think he He's got. Silent silent I think he yeah. actually. I think he actually is. The, he actually is the character from Capex. He's got. Su- He's an alien with superpowers. Man. Could be. And, and again, he he feeds on fifteen year olds. Tra- a trailer just dropped for his movie. I have not seen it. I know it was. <clears throat> did he play the, the pedo? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but but it did drop, and it's in my my DMs here. Um, uh, overall, looking back at all of this, do you wish you never went? No, I I think uh, I. I wish I did more to I, – I wish I knew that Roseanne was – I knew that she was up there, but I didn't know she was directly to the left of me. I would have jumped in front of her. And, no, I don't I, – I believe in God's providence that this was not a coincidence. I, it's not a coincidence. Anything I've been through in my life, it's part of my life story, and God will use it for the good of those who love him, and I, that's what I believe. And, yeah, I mean, this is I've, – I've done a lot of press. Try, I, I, I feel like he's he – is using people with righteous intentions to expose the truth behind uh, a big lie that was January 6th that day. And um, somebody that's a filmmaker that works in advertisement and knows propaganda. Mm-hmm. And like literally that's what I, I made commercials for 14 years. That was my bread and butter um, after I got out of TV for the first part. And I, and I know like that's, you know, that's part of my role in this, in this whole, you know, world stage play that's going on. So, I mean, that, that may sound you know, fluffy, but that's, I, I, you got to find significance when you go through suffering, man. And I think brokenness is a good thing. I mean, when you lose everything, I've lost my, I lost a lot of friends. I lost family members. I lost my reputation. That's fear of man. Fear of man keeps a lot of good men from, from standing up and, and doing the right thing because they don't want to be canceled. But like, there's freedom in losing everything. There's freedom in being canceled. There's freedom in like, I don't know what I'm want to do, going to do after all this, but I, I'm open and, and I'm fearless. Like it's, you lose the fear of, of like, what else can you throw at me? You know? Sure. So there's, there's a freedom in that. And I don't care what people think of me anymore. I'm just going to be who I am. So, and I, and for a long time I played the game and, and working in the industry and, 
I mean, I'm outed as a conservative and I'm outed as a, you know, uh, you know, called an insurrectionist. I mean, it's the, how they've shamed us just to I have to mention this. There's been four to five people that have committed suicide that had lesser charges than me just because of the, the shaming of the media. And I think it was weaponized, you know, on behalf of, I, you know. Well, they, they also decimate these people financially, too. Oh, yeah. Um, totally. Because you can't pay for these legal fees. Especially and these ones. They're no. still, last I heard, 48 that are still locked up that haven't had a trial, you know. Because they can't afford it. Uh, shit, we've been in a million lawsuits for over the years for all kinds of shit. And uh, nobody can afford the shit. Uh, that's what people don't really understand. Yeah. It's not just the toll of uh, what you're accused of. Yeah. It's the financial toll that absolutely ruins your existence. So... Uh, look, man, I appreciate you being here today. You've got a fascinating story. We obviously wish you the best here uh, in the next few weeks as you uh, face sentencing. In the meantime, we do have this thing called Drinking Bro of the Week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the Drinking Bro of the Week to? Uh, I would like to give it to my father. He's one of my heroes. Okay. Father, Rusty Coffee. All right. Yeah. Rusty Coffee. I'm going to give it to that judge, dude. Go lenient. No, go, let's do it to the judge. Lenient. Judge Rudolph. <laughs> I'll switch it. Hey, curveball. We'll switch it up, Judge. Yeah. Rudolph Contreras. You know, he's definitely a, a listener. He, he sure watches is. the show. We yeah. Do the right thing, he's Rudolph. In the, he, he goes in the chat sometimes. Dude, so Rudolph Contreras, I just, I just ask you, sir, to look at the letter of the law and, and pray that you don't let the political bias play into it. So. There you go. There you go. Well, look, uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank Thanks, you for, for sharing your story and everything else. Uh, we've now had a couple of you guys on uh, who were out there that day. Uh, Dan and I have obviously shared our feelings on January 6th uh, numerous times in the past here. Well, that's the one. It's the the fucking, last one thing I want to say is it's horseshit. There, well, there were a lot of there were the best. I saw the best of America that day that were there. And that's what, you know, you there regardless of how the audience may see me, there were there were. Uh, I would say 98% of people there were just, you know, amazing Americans that love our country. And we, we've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. And, and so to, ju- to judge on the, the, the rotten fruit, where, wherever it came from, I don't want to get conspiratorial here, but just, I mean, it was a very patriotic day and that obviously will go down in, in the history of the world. So, uh, sure. but everything you hear in the media is not true. Start being a critical thinker. I mean, the, don't let the little glowing box program you. We're in fourth, fifth generational warfare, which Laura Logan spoke at. Mm-hmm. She had me as a guest at We the People at, um, here in Austin mm-hmm. at an event. And we're in fourth, fifth generational warfare. So we're the warfare is going on, information in your minds, and, and, and being programmed by the lies of the propagandized media. And as 2014, Obama you know, had an executive order legalizing propaganda within our media, industrial media complex. So know that what you're watching, there's a reason to there's there's spins on everything you're watching, right, left and in between just alt media, everything. Just be a critical thinker. Use the brains that God gave you. Yeah, and thinking of uh, speaking of critical thinkers, there um, we're going to close out today's show, Bob. You had it before on the page back there of uh, of Toby Keith. Um, we're going to end with a. With I think we should end with a Chris Christopherson song. I think now we sure aren't. He's not. He's still alive. Yeah, he's a real man. Yeah, he's that's how, why he's still today, alive. Today. Chris, Jimmy, real men. Today, uh, I said on RPR they're alive because they wanted it more. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did. And, and look. When, when Chris passes away, he'll get his time, but we will close out with this today. Here we go. But, uh, freedom's just another word for nothing less to lose. Sure is. Chris, Chris, Chris. Mm-hmm. 
Look at that. Pop them up on screen. Thank you, dude. I'm all set on this. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. Toby, dude. Look at TK. Oh, his daddy did serve in the army. Yeah, you don't get credit for that. He lost his eye, Dan. Okay, you don't get credit for that either. So did Crenshaw. It counts when you're in a fraternity. Yeah, Dan Crenshaw lost his eye. Don't you get legacy, though? So. No. It's not a goddamn frat. Toby! If you're out there listening to this right now, crank this as loud as it'll go, dude. Think it's Toby. Hold up a red solo cup. Just know that we lost the Patriot today, dude. Not quite patriot, patriotic enough to join the military, but he couldn't. He had asthma. Fuck yeah! And he wrote this fucking propaganda song about how we're gonna go save the Middle East. They, they did. Get revenge. No, we lost both wars. Toby, you told me numerous times that Toby Keith has helped you out over there. I've never you said, said that, that six times. If I met that dude in person, even if he had cancer, I'd punch him in his fucking face. He didn't come play for the units. Threw him up. There it is, dude. Look at Toby. You need to bring back the sleeveless. Yeah, Toby. What a turd. Why is he dressed like that? He was firing shots at, at Afghanis. Is that stolen ballot? Yes. There it is. Oh, God. Yeah, Toby. Get it, Toby. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. Goddamn right he will. Sorry that you with Not him though. Yes, he's a he's a fucking like hype man. We don't know. We don't know. The fuck out We'll never here, have man. this answer, Dan. We'll put a boot in your ass yeah, brother! Fuck yeah! This to me is like. Before the GWAT, people used to, like, men in America used to take credit for World War II all the time. Like, bitch, you weren't there. Like, we could fucking Germany's ass. Like, oh, I didn't see you. Uh, I didn't see you on those front lines. Toby was there, dude. No, he wasn't. We just saw him on the front lines. He's right there. Is that Jared? Yeah, Toby. I don't know, 2005 or something. Look at Toby, dude. Look at TK, brother. Yeah, I want to. This is a hype video. If I'm the Chiefs, I'd play this before I come out of the fucking tunnel on Sunday. R.I.P. King. R.I.P. To Toby Keith. Jonathan says his drinking bro of the week is everyone who almost signed up. <laughs> So the man show or the man spot, he's one. Almost shot. Up. Yeah, me. Let's go. Was that you? De- Were you, you one never. Of the people you that you never. You up? couldn't have gotten in. Maybe during the surge when they were letting felons in and shit. I got declined. You yeah. got the flat feet. No, they just they're like you're from Delco. Fuck that, no, nah, dude. Yeah, you're yeah, Crohn's like, disease. Crohn's oh, that's right. Dude. Oh yeah, you got Crohn's. Yeah, you yeah. can't do anything about it. Bleeding out of your ass all the time. Sure can't, dude. It's gonna slow down the unit. It's slow down the unit. Wouldn't slow down my unit. Now I can shit on the run. A lot of it too. Marcus Luttrell told a story about shit on the run, man. That was it was uh, gnarly on this one, and I enjoyed it. Run on the run. Yeah, but uh, uh, here's a red solo cup to Toby. He, uh, he tried. He tried to get in, and uh, and he didn't. But but we we love him. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five star, and leave a quick review. 
Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star, and you can walk away. And then, obviously, if you were watching uh, the video on Patreon today, uh, you know that that account exists. We got a ton of shit up on there. I started posting all the movies from the past. So, like, Range 15 is up there. Um, so, if you're, you know, a $10 subscriber, you can watch all the movies on there. Uh, Helen Keller, fucking FDR. There's a ton of movies on there. Because uh, we own all the rights to them. So, fuck it. You guys can watch them for free. And then, also, next week, I'll be posting... Private videos that I've acquired from Dan's brother of uh, him and Toby Keith hanging out overseas, um, drinking together, doing shots, high-fiving each other, and things like that. So there's going to be a full TK drop next week of, uh, of Danthony, Danthony Holloway, and Toby Keith hanging out over there. Um, and, <laughs> and your I'll, brother gave me this. And I'll show you how I gave him cancer. Well, look. I, one That's of my the, stateside. Boom. One of the photos is you guys are barefoot to barefoot, and it shows how Toby is was flat-footed. Well, we interlock our toes, too. Right, but he was flat-footed, and he yeah. couldn't join. You have an arch, and so you were fine. You were webbed. Don't you have web feet? No. No. Okay. No, 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 he's not a, he's not a, a webby. Okay. No. Uh, by the way, you ever think, because I'm sure you'll do like Comic-Cons and shit, like a J6 Tiny Tim. Like that'd be a good one with the crutch. Okay, maybe. just consider it. I'm just branding. I'm hey, just no, brainstorming. I'm some open branding for a, things whatever, for you. Ross. Yeah, okay. Whatever. That's, that's a great idea, though. Yeah, let no, me, I appreciate let me it. Let that swirl around. Let that jiggle old around. Noggin. Yeah, yeah. Jiggle, jiggle around old noggin. Yeah. Let it let it marinate. Yeah, you know. yeah. 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 And get back to me. Yeah, get back to me. Sure, you can you, keep it. I'm not going to be my manager. It. Maybe me. Yeah. No. Okay. Fucking insurrectionist, dude. I can't be associated with that. We've done two shows now with insurrectionists. Three actually. Shit. Well, you're kind of. Branding yourself with a Where's the red, white, and blue? For Anthony and Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.